0: More and more as I talk with people about the direction of our nation I find them saying, I think our nation has gone crazy. There are of course good reasons for thinking so. For a presentation about how our nation is suffering from spiritual rabies, stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, Greetings in the name of Jesus, our Blessed Hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. The theme of our 2015 Bible Conference was Messages for a Rebellious Nation. We had six outstanding speakers at the conference, and one of them was Al Gist, the founder of Maranatha Evangelistic Ministries in Longville, Louisiana. Al is a former petroleum engineer and pastor who decided in the year 2000 to commit himself full time to the preaching and teaching of Bible prophecy. Al presented a powerful message at our conference titled A Rabid Nation, and it is a privilege to present a portion of that message to you. Here now is Al Gist.
1: I want to begin with a little story about my own personal life. When I was just a kid back in the 1960's, uh, my dad took me to see a movie called Old Yeller. It was made in 1957. Do you all remember that movie? Man, I'll never forget it because not only was it an awesome thing for us just to get to go to the movies anyway, but this is the only time in my life that I can remember that my dad took me to the movies. It was not something that he would normally do. He's kind of a very stern man. But my dad took me to see this. And so it made a a really emotional impact on my life. And I guess that's the reason I remember it so well to this day. The plot of the movie goes something like this. A young boy named Travis... Uh, is given the responsibility by his dad of caring for his mom and his younger brother in their ranch back in the 1860s uh, as his father was away on a cattle drive. And during that time, a yellow mongrel shows up on the ranch and At first, the boy travis didn 't care anything for the dog; he thought of him as only a nuisance and uh, But soon, the dog became a, the best friend of the young lad and and actually saved his life on one occasion from a bunch of wild hogs and so they became very, very close to one another well. Later in the story, unfortunately, Old Yeller has to protect the family from a rabid wolf who makes its way into the ranch. And in that fight, of course, uh, the dog contracts uh, rabies, this terrible, terrible disease. When Travis first realized that Old Yeller had gotten rabies, he was, he was heartbroken And to protect his family and in hopes that for some reason maybe the dog hadn't actually gotten the disease, he locks the dog up in the corn crib. And each day he would go out and he would pet his dog and he would tell him how much he wanted to release him to go back out on the ranch. Uh, and, And, you know, but the dog looked perfectly well. He looked fine for many days. But on that last day when Travis thought that he'd go go out and release his dog, he is met with a different animal, a dog that's foaming at the mouth and growling at him. And so Travis knew what he had to do to protect his family. He had to put down old yeller. And I can remember the scene so well as Travis is crying and he lifts the gun to shoot his beloved dog because I was crying too. (laughs) It really touched my heart. I guess this was probably the first exposure I ever had to the thought of rabies. I mean, I didn't really understand it. It didn't really make sense to me. How could something so minor as a few little bites on the dog cause him to change this way and have to be put to death? You see, rabies if it's left untreated as a 100% fatal disease, it's, it is most often transmitted to its human victims by a bite from a skunk or a cat or a dog or a fox or raccoons. And, and it's the virus in the saliva of that animal that gets transferred to its human uh, victim that causes the person to uh, begin to change in a very terrible way. According to the encyclopedia, if I could read this to you about it, it says this, After a typical human infection by bite, the virus enters the peripheral nervous system. It then travels along the nerves towards the central nervous system. And during this phase, the virus cannot be easily detected within the host, and vaccination may still confer cell-mediated immunity to prevent symptomatic rabies. One of the vir- once the virus reaches the brain there is no treatment as the virus progresses to the brain the symptoms may include slight or partial paralysis cerebral dysfunction anxiety insomnia confusion agitation abnormal behavior paranoia terror hallucinations progressing to delirium it's a it's a horrible disease And I guess most of us have probably seen animals that have contracted rabies and their state of cerebral dysfunction. They stagger about foaming at the mouth and they're confused and easily agitated. Their abnormal behavior produces a kind of paranoia uh, of terror and uh, hallucinations that leads them to the point of ultimately delirium. Now I bring this to your attention because In my humble opinion, I think that possibly the United States has contracted spiritual rabies that has led to cerebral dysfunction. Our leaders, both political and religious leaders, seem so confused that their decisions border on delirium. You see, like rabies, decades ago, what started out to be something very innocent, uh, our great nation contracted this terrible spiritual rabies that has led to cerebral dysfunction. Rabies leads to behavior that is totally abnormal. And if allowed to continue, it will end in delirium and, I'm afraid, a state of death even to our nation. It started out innocently enough with the desire to be less offensive. That's a good thing for society to be, right? Less offensive to one another. In the realm of religion, we had the seeker-friendly movement in the churches. It started out as an effort to make unchurched people feel welcome in church and to feel less uncomfortable in the setting of a traditional church. But it went too far. And now we have churches whose services are more like like a Broadway production than a worship service. It eventually led to the emergent church which is completely apostate, denying the miracles of the Bible, the divinity of Jesus Christ, and even avoiding at all costs the mention of that terrible S word, sin. Lest it offend someone. In the political realm, the government also began to encourage us as a society to change our speech so that we'd be less offensive. We called it being politically correct. And we've been encouraged by our government to change our vocabulary in order to be less offensive and more politically correct. At one time, for instance, it was thought that a person who was not able to walk was simply crippled. But that seemed to describe something more harsh. And so that was deemed to be too degrading. It was changed to handicapped. But this was eventually thought to be too offensive as well, and it was changed to disabled. And then finally they said, no, no, that's too harsh as well. So now we have to say they're physically challenged. With the extreme efforts these days to separate church and state and public institutions, we had to remove all words that were of a religious nature. I read of a story, this is a few years ago, and you may remember seeing it in the newspapers, about a teenager in Seattle who volunteered at a local elementary school to do a project as part of a community service project in which she desired to hand out to the little children those little plastic eggs filled with jelly beans, Easter eggs. And asking the teacher for permission, the student reported, and I quote, she said that I could do it as long as I called this treat spring spheres. I couldn't call them easter eggs. Spring spheres? I can't even hardly say it without spitting on the front row. It's horrible. I mean, I don't want my vocabulary to be offensive, but I'm not sure I know how to talk without it being offensive. I'm not politically correct. And to be quite honest with you, I have no desire to be. But it seems that we have changed things. We've changed things to the point that people are becoming paranoid about it. Like, like rabies. We've reached the state of paranoia. It seems like everybody's offended about something these days. Wait, oh, wait a minute. Am I being a little facetious with that picture? (laughs) Everybody's offended about something. But you know, I, I remember something that Jesus said. He said, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Hey, you better watch out. The PC police are watching. And they're liable to betray you and turn you in. But my point is this. Just like rabies that started out as relatively innocent, we've gone to the extreme to the point of paranoia. People don't want to be heard in public because they're afraid that somebody will accuse them of being politically incorrect. And, and you know, in speaking of paranoia, can I get on my little soapbox here just a moment? Does it seem to you that almost daily we hear our scientists warn us of some new thing that is going to annihilate humanity. I mean, if it's not global warming, it's pandemic diseases and all sorts of things. Foods that we normally thought were good, healthy foods have been declared artery-plugging plug, foods or, or you know, fat-producing or digestive system-irritating foods. If, if a person... Listen to so all the warnings that are out today in America. You might think the only place you could live safely and happily would be in a dark closet somewhere. Never come out. It seems that our national leadership, both politically and religiously, can no longer see clearly and discern the difference between, between reality and fantasy. They're in a hallucination state. Level-headed common sense has been replaced with hysteria and overreaction. So now we've reached a point of absolute delirium. And as a result, our original uh, political and, and religious foundations that made this country great are crumbling right before our very eyes. And it breaks my heart. I'm sad to see the direction our country is going in.
0: For those of you who may have tuned in late, you are watching a presentation which Al Guest gave at our annual Bible conference. The theme of the conference was, Messages for a Rebellious Nation. Al's topic was, A Rabid Nation. Al is a former petroleum engineer and pastor who decided in the year 2000 to commit himself full-time to the preaching and teaching of Bible prophecy. Al established a ministry called Maranatha Evangelistic Ministries, and today he serves as the evangelist for that ministry. Let's return now to Al's presentation.
1: So whether we're talking about the political realm or the religious realm, the core problem is still the same. You see, it's a departure from God and a departure from His Word. Like leaven in the loaf, sin once introduced in society, unless it is eradicated by the cleansing blood of the Lamb, it will continue to grow until it consumes the whole country. Like rabies, it grows until it eventually distorts clear thinking and it culminates in delirium and death. You see, our nation's problems all stem from the same problem that it's always been. It's all because of sin. Sin in the hearts of people. You see, our problem, dear friends, is a spiritual problem, not a political one. It's not getting the right uh, you know, party in office. It's about getting people connected with God again. The seemingly innocent or minor actions that begin, you know, seem to be so insignificant at first. But it has led to insanity. Now listen to what I'm going to say. Nowhere today is the delirium of our national spiritual rabies better demonstrated than by the nine people who are seated upon the U.S. Supreme Court of America who have been allowed to dictate to us, the whole nation, what is right and what is legal. The United States Supreme Court has time and time again chosen to ignore God's Word and has heaped upon us decision after decision that has contradicted the righteousness that God desires to see in His people. Now, from my perspective, listen, I'm 61 years old. And from my perspective, it began in the early 1960s, about the same time that I saw that great movie, O Yeller. I think it was during that time that our, our nation contracted spiritual rabies, a potentially fatal disease if left untreated. For you see, it was that at that time that the United States Supreme Court decision of Engel versus Vitale decided, and I quote, that government-directed prayer in public schools was an unconstitutional violation of the Establishment Clause, end quote. This was followed by subsequent decisions by the Supreme Court to ban Bible reading as part of the school curriculum in Abington Township School District versus Shemp in 1963 and to ban student-led, student-initiated prayer at football games, graduations, and other school activities in the decision of Santa Fe Independent School District versus Doe in the year 2000. Decision after decision has been forced down our throat by those nine people that is pushing people away from God. This chosen path of the uh, the United States Supreme Court of taking God and His Word out of our society, out of our public institutions, I believe initiated the spiritual rabies that we're suffering with. Like the physical disease, I'm telling you, listen to me. Once it reaches the brain, there's no treatment. Well, that spiritual degradation, that rebellious attitude towards God... The God who created us and made us the most powerful, the most prosperous, the most blessed nation in the entire world, it has gone too far. I'm telling you that the spiritual raised bees infection has reached the brain producing delirium and that state of mind cannot make good decisions. And I know what you're thinking, you're saying in your heart, but Brother Al, do you you think it's possible that our nation could, could repent and once again turn back to God? Yes! I believe that as it was in the days of Jonah when he preached to the wicked people of Nineveh, that we as them, if we would repent in sackcloth and ashes and turn back to God, that our God, who is a merciful God, would receive us and forgive us and restore us. But do I think that's going to happen? No. I'm just being honest. No, I don't think it's going to happen. You see, when we took God and His Word out of our schools in the 1960s, we spawned a whole generation that had no respect for Scripture or the Bible in any form because unfortunately the schoolhouse was the only place that some of them were ever put in contact with the Word of God. Now, that's not good, but that's simply the way it was. You know, and it's said that what one generation will do in moderation, the next generation does in excess. So we took God out of their lives. And from that came the wanton disregard in the next generation for human life, the most sacred of all God's creation. Personal convenience was raised up over the value of human life, and murder was legalized upon the most helpless of all segments of society the unborn child. We dare not point our hypocritical finger at the Nazis of World War II who killed some 11 million people, 6 million of whom were Jews. When we ourselves have slaughtered, multiplied millions and millions of children, we dare not try to take the speck out of Germany's eye when we have a beam in our own eye. Since Roe versus Wade in 1973, we've killed almost 58 million unborn children. It is a
0: holocaust of all holocausts.
1: And then things got worse. You say, how could it be worse? It's gotten worse. After this came not just the acceptance, but listen to me, the celebration of that which the Bible calls an abomination as the homosexuals began their radical push to be recognized by law as a specially protected class of citizens. On October the 28th of 2009, President Barack Obama signed into law the Local Law Enforcement Hate Crimes Prevention Act. Among other things, the bill adds gender, gender identity, and sexual orientation to the list of protected categories under federal hate hate law crimes. This effectively places every homosexual, pedophile, transgendered, and other abominable sexual orientation in a special federally protected class under the federal hate crimes law. I don't know that that's been used to any great degree to persecute the church, but I'm going to tell you there is no doubt that it opened the door For such persecution against any pastor who would be so bold as to stand in his church and proclaim that homosexuality is wrong. It is not of God. It's an abomination. It's a distortion of God's design for the family. And you know as well as I do that some business owners who, because of their religious beliefs, have refused their services to homosexual couples have either been fined or even had their businesses closed. I assure you, I assure you, my dear friends, that the day is coming when pastors will be fined and or jailed for preaching the truth of the Bible. Churches will be prosecuted on charges of discrimination for not hiring an openly sexu- homosexual applicant on their staff. And eventually, no doubt, fundamental conservative Christians will be attacked for promoting antisocial hate doctrine. This law is just another example of political correctness gone amok. This homophobic paranoia has led Congress and the President to acts of delirium. They are confused and suffering from a cerebral dysfunction. Are people singled out and criminally attacked because of their sexual identity? Yes, I'm sure that they are. People are singled out and attacked criminally for all sorts of reasons. Some people are criminally attacked just because they're male or because they're female. But that doesn't mean that we need to put them in a special category that's protected by hate crime law just because their victim happens to be gay. Now, do you think I'm being paranoid when I say that the persecution of those who teach the Bible As a one man and one woman definition of marriage, do you think I'm being paranoid when I say that that persecution is forthcoming? Then consider the backlash that came from uh, Carrie Prejean's answer when she was asked about her stance on same-sex marriage in the Miss USA contest in 2009. That was six years ago. She responded to that question, and I quote her very words. She said, I think that I believe that a marriage should be between a man and a woman. No offense to anybody out there, but that's how I was raised, end quote. I mean, how much simpler and more straightforward an answer could you possibly give? She was simply giving an honest answer to the question about her personal beliefs. She made no derogatory remarks towards homosexuals. And she even said that it was not her intention to offend anyone with her answer. And yet she was lambasted by the liberal media and by homosexual activists. She was later stripped of her Miss California title on grounds, quote, of continued breach of contract issues, end quote. Now, you can believe what you want to believe by why Carrie was so attacked, but I can tell you why she was attacked. She was attacked, listen to me, because she stood upon the biblical standard. But biblical authority has all but vanished in America. So I ask you, has the virus reached the brain and if you don't think the spiritual virus of depravity has reached the brain here in America, then obviously you didn't hear the news on June the twenty-six, two 2015. But how could you miss it? For it was, listen to me, it was the darkest day in American history far worse than December the 7th, 1941, or 9 For as bad as those days were in the loss of lives of U.S. citizens, they do not compare to the great, horrible mess, the spiritual depravity that the United States of America suffered on June the 26th, 2015, when we as a nation died spiritually.
0: I hope that presentation was a blessing to you, it certainly was to me. It was just one of a portion of six presentations that were made at our annual Bible Conference whose theme was, Messages for a Rebellious Nation. In just a moment our announcer will tell you how you can get the conference DVD album that contains all six presentations. I want to invite you to be back with us again next week, the Lord willing, when we will present excerpts from the presentation I made at our annual Bible conference. It was titled, A Nation Begging for Destruction. Well, until next week, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near.
2: The powerful presentation you have just viewed is available in its complete form in our 2015 Bible Conference video album that contains three DVDs with six 50-minute presentations. The album is titled Messages for a Rebellious Nation, and all six of the presentations it contains are related to that theme. The album could be yours for a gift of $25 or more, including the cost of shipping. And again, the album contains three DVDs with a total of six 50-minute presentations. You might also want to consider ordering a copy of Dr. Reagan's book, Living for Christ in the End Times. The book was originally Originally written in the year 2000. Dr. Reagan has revised it and brought it up to date in a second edition that has just been published. The book describes in detail the secularization of American society and the epidemic of apostasy in the church. The subtitle of the book is Coping with Anarchy and Apostasy. The book is available for a donation of $20 or more, including shipping. Or you can order both the video and the book for a donation of $35 or more, including shipping. Just ask for offer number 682. To order any of these Bible study resources, call the number you see on the screen between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, or you can place your order through our website at lamblion.com.
0: Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.